Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlick and Mac Lane podcast. Mac, it is episode 118. Kind of crazy. We're going to preview all the games for the weekend. But first, I have to ask the question everyone's thinking. Where in the world is Eric McLean today? Because this dude is the busiest person. Mac, well, okay, I'm a little busy. You are insanely busy to the point where we could not find a time to record that Wednesday episode at the same time. I mean, that's where we are right now. I've got to say, the intro was so much better without me in it. And Nonsense. I, I don't know. Maybe this is what we need to do moving forward and just really increase our, our podcast. But guys, listen to this bizarre <laughs> life story. And honestly, when opportunity meets, we talk about it all the time, opportunity and preparation and availability, honestly. The best ability in life is availability. Um, so I'm calling the game. It was so much fun. My guy Drew Carter killed it. Uh, he's a he's a new a newbie on the block. Syracuse grad, has a great voice. He's going to be a superstar uh, years to come. So hopefully I can ride his coattails. But uh, So I'm doing this Mac Nation game. It's two degrees outside, which is perfect <laughs> weather for me. Um, it was actually a really good game up until right about the very end, I get a text in the third quarter from an ESPN executive. And they say, hey, need a favor. Can you call the Boston College Virginia Tech game? That is later tonight for your guys' reference, Friday. This is two days in advance. And I was <laughs> looking at it. And at first, I did not know that it was this Friday, that it was today, that it was this Friday. I thought that it was maybe like next week or the week after. Right, sure. And just something happened. They need somebody for a, a random Friday. Like somebody has a wedding or a birthday party, like something crazy. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I later in the fourth quarter checked the schedule just to see, you know, like, when is this game? <laughs> and it was in 36 hours. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I have to somehow get an extra suit and end up. In Chestnut Hill, a.k.a. Boston, Massachusetts. You don't think about the suit. The suit first and foremost. I love that that's where your brain went, Mac. Well, what Where's am I going to wear? I've got to wear something. <laughs> Luckily enough, I had an extra suit in my truck. Why I packed this, I don't know. So I fly back. I, guys, I wake up at 3 a.m., oh. drive to the Kalamazoo, the zoo airport, fly to Detroit, fly to, to Charlotte, Get out, get all my stuff, go hang out with the Pac-Man, a.k.a. Mark Packer. And then somehow I'm in Boston right now. I just don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm hanging out in the North a lot. I don't like it. This isn't a good time to be in the North. Like, get me to Miami. What the heck am I doing? <laughs> Matt, that is amazing. <laughs> now I'm in well, Boston. What a cool opportunity. So I'm calling the game tonight. ESPN2, Jason Benetti. Cannot wait. Superstar. You've worked with him. Uh, and it's going to be a big time. Listen, y'all know I'm a big Boston College fan, so this is like a dream come true. I was talking with Coach Halfley earlier, and he said, dude, you finally got a game. What'd you do? do you have to put in like two weeks' notice to get this? You just kick Andre Ware out of there? And I said, Coach, I'm so excited. He said, honestly, when I saw your name, I started getting jacked up. And so it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see them 
And, uh, you know, hopefully it's a, it's a pretty good game. We'll break that game down a little bit later. Here. We will. So you started your morning in Kalamazoo and you <laughs> ended in Boston and you took three different planes and you spent the afternoon at Mark Packer's house in Charlotte. What a freaking day. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how it could be any better. And now uh, this is the same day, by the way, we're recording the podcast <laughs> after day. Mac went out this to eat with going. the crew. Right. This day is still going. Uh, by a show of virtual hands, who knew where Kalamazoo was? If you guys want to tweet at us, Instagram us, you knew because I told you. I want to know from our listeners, before Kelly just ruined it, uh, who knew where Kalamazoo was before maybe that game or before right now? Because I sure as heck did not. That's a great name for a city. That <laughs> is elite. Is they call it. Elite. It is elite. It is elite. Mac, you are a champion. You are an absolute champion. And we're about to talk about all these games. I, we do need to hit on the playoff rankings because we weren't able to get to that on Wednesday. Yes, finally. We got some real rankings. Yeah, but are these uh, are these real? Yeah. Are they good? <laughs> they are? I'm jacked up. I'm jacked up about them. I, I expected Alabama. Oregon, I thought, At was two? dumb. Yeah, I just I knew it. They've Damn lost. Man. I'm with you. Does that I not matter? Yeah, it should. I'm with you that it sh they <sighs> shouldn't be there, but I knew they would be. Uh, and it really, it doesn't matter. If they lose, they're done. If they went out, they deserve to be in. Um, Oregon at four, I thought was a joke. Um, Oklahoma at eight, I thought was interesting. Wake Forest, I was happy that they were in the top 10. I yep, was kind of hoping nine. for seven or eight, but I'm cool with nine. Um, and then how about the rest of the ACC? NC State at 19, Pittsburgh at 25. I was very happy that the committee you know, valued those guys and, and like us, understand that those are really good football teams and they have a couple of silly wins, but they're, they're solid squads. So other than, you know, the Mississippi state somehow, that was three crazy. Losses, ranked like 17, other than a couple of those, I'm, I'm happy with where we are. And, you know, Cincinnati was a lot lower than people thought they would be. When you look at their strength of record and strength of schedule, which we'll talk about that with wake. That's been an issue for them. Mac did call it though. Mac thought Cincinnati would not be in the I top knew that. four. Yeah. Hey, listen, they're never going to make it until the rules change, until it's a different format. The way that the contract that they agreed to, they're not getting in. Hmm. Why would they? It well, just doesn't make any sense. To be a little bit of a pessimist about this, I guess, part of it is you talk about what they agreed to, to and they didn't really agree to anything, but they're a part of this system. There's so much money to be had when one makes the playoff. Do we think the Power Five wants to give the group of five a part of that money. No. I no hate shot. to look at it that way, but, and look, Cincinnati will be in the quote unquote power five sooner rather than later. So maybe that will help them eventually. That's right. All right. Let's get to these games, Mac. We have so many games to break down in the Atlantic coast conference this weekend. We'll do a big three breakdown and then we'll get to some games in our speed round. I think there are three games that are a little more, I mean, every game's important Mac, but that really stand out from the rest this weekend. And let's go ahead and start with the noon game on Saturday on ABC. I like that. A little uh, prime time. I, noon has become a really good slot, especially if you're on ABC. Number nine, Wake Forest at North Carolina. North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. I want to start there, Mac. Do you agree with North Carolina? Your, your guys, Mac, you are a baby blue guy being favored over the Demon Deacons? Hey, listen, I put those guys up for adoption. They're gone. Oh I'm my done God. with them. I'm <laughs> baby blue. 
I'm a preseason baby blue guy until further notice. You uh, put I'm them up kidding. for adoption. Dang. They're out of here. They're gone. They're, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I think that's what it is. I, I think there's still some some preseason hype crawling in here. I think there's still the, the Sam Hartman uh, versus Sam Howell and, and maybe leaning towards Sam Howell, even though I think Hartman is playing out of this league right now, just playing really, really well. But just goes to show you that disrespect for Wake Forest. I mean, it's unbelievable. I would not be surprised down the stretch if Wake is the underdog for two or three more games. I mean, to be quite honest, when they play NC State, I'll bet there'll be an underdog. When they play Clemson, it's going to be really close. And and maybe even if Clemson takes care of business, they might be an underdog. So that's just going to be the road ahead for Wake Forest. And guess what? Just go prove them wrong. That's all you got to do. Just win. Uh, I hear so much chatter and you know, was a little bit disappointed, to be honest, with Herb Street and those guys with the things that they were saying yeah. on the, the, the um, ranking show mm-hmm. here, you know, really just trashing Wake Forest in the ACC. And it's it was a super lazy take, I thought, uh, very uncharacteristic of Herbie and, and what he normally does, because uh, he's a student of the game. And, and normally what he says, you know, I think is, is to the T, but, you know, for whatever reason with, with Wake, it was strange because the same examples he was using for like a Notre Dame. Oh, they had a great win against North Carolina and all those weapons. And then he discounted the fact that Wake Forest plays them this week. And then you have a team in NC State who is ranked in this and they're on their schedule. And we all know what Clemson is. And so I thought that that was really weird of him to just discredit those guys the way he did. So but at the end of the day, Wake Forest just win, uh, went out and you'll, you'll be just fine. Yeah, the the November is very challenging. We know that for Wake Forest. We've talked about that even since we did the preview episode with Wake Forest that we thought they could be 7-1 and one going into November. Now they're 8-0 because I think we had probably at Virginia as a loss. And they're 8-0 proving us wrong there. So it's just a matter of, of proving it in November. I want to hit you with uh, two stats here, Mac, that I think are going to be very interesting for this game. It's not rare that an unranked team would be favored against a top 10 team, at least this season. It happened very recently with Wisconsin and Iowa last week. So, I yes, it is disrespectful to Wake, but this is what Vegas does. And UNC's at home. And then secondly, <laughs> Mac Brown is 22-1 and in his last 23 games against in-state ACC opponents. The lone loss was Wake Forest two years ago. And Wake-UNC was wow. very close last year. If Hartman doesn't throw those... I think he threw two picks late. Wake Forest, they dominated for the beginning part of the game. So I don't think Wake, of course, they're not intimidated. They're the number nine team in the country. But they've also been dealing with the pressure of rankings the whole season. I don't think just because they're ninth now, oh, my gosh, now it's a trap game or whatever. They, they've been ranked in the AP poll for a while. So I, I get why Vegas is in on UNC here. I think Wake's going to get it done, Mac. What about you? I agree with you. Yeah, no, completely. And I think, you know, when you just see them, you know, they play the three North Carolina schools in a row here. You know, when you look at that schedule, it's important to those guys. You know, this state championship is important to them. And they just got done with Duke. Now they have Carolina. The next week is NC State. And, you know, they're locked in. That's the kind of the next step of their schedule is let's go be the big four champ. Let's go be the state champ. And they've got these games back to back to back. And so you talk about sneak up, you talk about trap. I don't think there's any possible way because of the rivalry that this is, how important it is to those guys. And Sam Hartman certainly alluded that to us uh, when he came on on with our podcast. So I'm very interested to see how this game plays out. I think it could be an unbelievable duel between really great quarterbacks. 
uh, Sam and Sam, Sam squared, if you will, could just go nuts. Um, I think the, the, the only reason that you feel a l- more, not even a little more confident in Wake Forest is just the amount of weapons that Sam Hartman has at his disposal. Correct. I mean, when you look at how he has one and himself, his legs, uh, you know, w- with Josh Downs, who's been fantastic and I think is going to play his way into being a first team all ACC guy, but it's a lot easier to shut down one guy than it is three or four guys. And that's what you're dealing with with Wake Forest. Wake has so much more depth. I'm going to give you my key, Mac, and then you give me yours here. I, I wrote down two things mainly. The main thing for me is the wide receiver depth. It's For UNC, yeah. it's Josh Downs. And for Wake, they have options. They have weapons. And they have Perry. They have Morin. They have Roberson. And they have two guys with over 700 yards receiving and, and two guys with over six receiving touchdowns. And then the biggest thing, and this is not fluky because you've now done it over an eight-game span – Wake is plus 10 in the turnover margin. They are way above everyone else in the ACC. UNC has had trouble finishing drives and therefore finishing games, and they seem to always have some weird turnover that ruins a drive and really hurts them in the long run. So I think Wake is just so much better in that category, and that's going to be huge. Yeah, and that that's kind of goes right into my key for Wake Forest, and that's you know the defense. You know they, they are one of the worst, if not the worst, in the ACC in regards to stopping the run. Uh, they're going to have to pick that up and then, you know, just get back to who they are creating these turnovers. So my key for Wake Forest is the defense has to big, have a big day. You have to contain Sam Howe. Don't let him run. Don't let him get out in the open. We've seen him go over 100 yards a bunch this year rushing. Uh, so if you can do that, you feel really good about your chances. And then for UNC, uh, honestly, it's protect Sam Howe. Allow him to sit back in the pocket, make the big-time throws, keep him in the game with his arm uh, allow him to keep you in the game, excuse me, with his arm uh, and, and just have be in a shootout, you know, get comfortable with scoring points and putting up a bunch of yards and stats. And I think that, you know, then it could get really interesting. And it's almost like last guy with the ball wins. That's kind of what it was last year between these two teams. We will give our official picks in our um, seaside grown fresh picks in just a second. But let's get to our next game here. Number 19, NC State, six and two overall. They they control their destiny in the Atlantic. But they got to win this one at Florida State, three and five overall, four o'clock on ACC Network. NC State only a two and a half point favorite. It's interesting because FSU has played better. There's no doubt about it. They had a chance to beat Clemson. Now that was Clemson shooting itself in its own foot and then like amputating its own foot and then throwing its own foot out of the stadium. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Sorry, that was graphic. Um, <laughs> um, but NC State is really good against the run, only allowing 108 rushing yards per game. NC State is only 3-11 and in Tallahassee against Florida State since the Knolls joined the league. So there's that stat, Mac. How can NC State handle their business in this game? What do they have to do? Not really, just do what you've done all year. You know, rely on that veteran group or rely on, you know, this experience that they have and understand What's in front of you? You know, there's a lot of good football. You control your own destiny. You can be playing in Charlotte if you win out. If you do what you're supposed to, what we all know you can do, uh, and we've seen time and time again. And so I think that, you know, just talking with Devin this week, the team is very aware of what's in front of them. They are very aware that the fact that, you know, they they are sitting in the driver's seat. I won't say they're in the driver's seat, but they're sitting there, and they, they can certainly move over and take that wheel with, you know, playing Wake Forest next week. But, you know, it, it really doesn't matter if you lose this one. And so having that where you're not really looking at the future, but you know what's that, you know where you're going. 
right? So it's you, you, it's like driving a car. When you're driving a car, you're not looking, you know, six miles down the road. You're looking right out the windshield, right, what's in front of you, but you know where you're going. And I think if NC State has that mentality, they can be really dangerous. Uh, we, we saw the blueprint of how to shut Florida State down a week ago. You know, can NC State replicate that? I think yes, especially with the effort that we saw against Louisville. Uh, th- th- these are very similar teams. So it's funny that NC State and Clemson are kind of flip-flopping with yeah, these are. guys. Uh, and just, you know, ha- what are we going to see from each? Uh, is one going to perform better than the other? Uh, thought that both defense has dominant performances uh, against their respective opponents. Now it's the next test up. And, and, you know, we saw Jordan Travis get hit a lot by Clemson. And so can NC State replicate that? Can we see Drake go off for another great game and just continue to be this monster, uh, which, which he's looked so good and, and really stepped up into that note? And then, you know, Devin Larry just being calm, cool, collect, and, you know, continuing to, to really ball out. I mean, I listed out some stats, KG. There's this list of, of these crazy numbers. Go back and listen to the episode on Wednesday. It's like 2,100 yards, 21 touchdowns, uh, something else, and only two picks. There's only been five people since 2014 in all of college football to do that, and Devin Leary's one of them. And so it, it's really impressive how he's playing right now and, you know, a big key to, to all of their success. Listening to your interview with Devin, which, by the way, was awesome. Go back and listen to it, y'all, if you missed it. And then listening or, you know, being there for our Sam Hartman interview, I see a lot of similarities with those two guys. And I'm, I'm not looking ahead, Mac. I'm looking right outside of the, the windshield. But I'm very excited for that game. I think it's just two guys that are so poised, so confident, very confident in their own skin as a leader of their team. They're not going to make mistakes. They're not going to hurt their team. And that's really my key with this game, Mac, for NC State and really for FSU. I think if Devin Leary continues his streak of not throwing an interception, he's at 211 passing attempts without a pick. He's thir- That's the third longest streak in NC State history bes- behind Russell Wilson and Ryan Finley. So good company. I think if he doesn't throw a pick and really just if he doesn't turn the ball over, NC State wins this game. They find a way to do it. The only way to me is if Florida State is able to get after and maybe force a fumble with a guy like Jermaine Johnson or just find a way to to win the turnover margin. But that's my key. If Devin Leary continues to play like the poised upperclassman that he is with those crazy numbers, to your point, Mac, I think NC State will be fine. Now, that's that's a big if. It's college football. Crazy things happen. But th- that's the way I'm looking at this game. I love that. And I think it's interesting, too. You bring up these quarterback duels. There are about to be some really good ones to finish this stretch. Uh, you know, just as, as Sam and Sam play each other, uh, Sam Hartman and Devin play each other, Kenny Pickett and potentially Brennan Armstrong. Haven't Hopefully. heard anything about his injury. I hope that he's okay, and, and I'm sure we'll hear more about that next week. But there's some really fun potential down the stretch here. And my keys, uh, you know, really when you're looking at NC State, it comes down to containing the quarterback. Exactly what you did a week ago. You, you have to do that again. Uh, and maybe a little bit less of a of a, a passer than what you see from Malik Cunningham. Um, probably had his best game, Jordan Travis did, against Clemson throwing the ball. So can you limit that? Can you make him uncomfortable? Can you shut him down? And if the running backs go off kind of similar to what we said a week ago about Clemson, then you know, you're fine. And then for FSU, it's continuing to get that run game. That's who you are. That's what you do. If you can establish that, if you're getting you know six, seven yards per carry – you're going to be able to move that football. And honestly, you want to play keep away. The best you know, defense in this game might be 
playing offense that doesn't let Devin Leary get a bunch of drives and touch the football a bunch of times with a bunch of possessions. So if they can control the clock, run that football, FSU's got a real shot here. Oh, they do. I, I completely agree. I think this spread is low. NC State's a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road for a reason. I think this game is going to be close and uncomfortable for State fans. All right, let's get to our final game of our big three here, Mac. Clemson, 5-3 and three overall at Louisville, 4-4 four and four overall, 7.30 p.m. on ACC Network. Clemson a four-point favorite. Over-unders, 46-and-a-half. What a sad game. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of points. Now, if you like defense, if you like defense, you're good. But defense is stupid. Uh, despite some exciting players, exciting moments between Clemson and Louisville over the years, Mac, you've been a part of a few of those games. Clemson has never lost to Louisville. They had a, they've had a few close calls in Louisville. They had the Lamar Jackson game in 2016 in Death Valley, which was epic and, you know, could have was very losable for Clemson. They had the 2014 game in Death Valley where Clemson needed a big stop. Yeah, you, were, you played in that game, Mac. And um, yeah, so there's there's been a lot of really interesting and fun games between these two. Clemson has still never lost. I think, look, the key here, Mac, or at least what I'm looking for in this game, is the the phrase that Dabo's trying to start here. Ship happens, all right? Give this man the football and just go block someone and just get out of the way, okay? Make it as easy as you can for DJ. Run first. Let him make some specific plays and, and some easy throws and just kind of ease him into there. Honestly, we're at the point now where, and I heard someone say this, I think, on our radio show. DJ's playing like a game manager, so just let him manage the game and, and let the run game do, his th- do its thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you are who you are, and uh, you have to really lean into that. And we've seen Syracuse do that. We've seen uh, Florida State do that. Louisville a little bit do it as well. Just, just be who you are. Run the football. That's what you got. That's what you feel good about, especially with Shipley, Maffa, uh, Kobe Pace, I assume, will be back this week. Uh, so you've got really a, just a trio back there of guys that can really be very special for you. We've seen glimpses of those guys breaking off 60-plus yard runs, game-winning touchdown by you know Shipley a week ago. And, and so the greatness is there. Um, now Louisville's run defense has been better. Uh, they have been able to slow some guys down. Will they be able to do that against Clemson? Clemson's also going to be out some offensive linemen. You know, he, talking to or hearing Coach Sweeney say it's just a few good men. We're we're figuring out who the Mac, heck's going to be. You gotta go suit up, man. Right. I mean, COVID year. I still got one. I've got one, Coach. So if you need me, <laughs> call me. Maybe this is the game. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who are the first five. You know, that really go out there and and you know, it, it's hard for me to say this, but it is what it is. You know, really been disappointed with the overall product that we have seen from this offensive line this year. Um, just with miscommunication, with guys not doing their job, with missed assignments, and then even times getting physically dominated. Now, the one guy that I can say has never really shown up on any negative tape or any negative plays that I've drawn up or seen is Jordan McFadden. Jordan McFadden has had a really good year. And, and it's it's saddening to me, being an alumni, being a former offensive lineman, that his fantastic play is getting overshadowed by such poor play and nobody wants to give him any credit. So it stinks that he's in that situation, uh, but but at, you're judged as a unit when you're an offensive line. You're judged by all five, and those guys have to continue to figure it out. Uh, Malik, you know, his health, I think, is going to be a little bit of a question. Haven't seen anything officially, but we saw him get hit a lot. 
yeah. you know, by NC State. And we certainly know that that Clemson defense is going to be coming after him, especially if there's quote unquote blood in the water, especially if they think that, you know, he can't escape like, you know, maybe he normally would be able to. So certainly something to keep your eye on. Uh, and, and then just can he throw the ball more effectively for Louisville? I don't think this is a game you're going to be able to run it 40 plus times and have success. You're going to have to have big plays through the air, play action. Can you get anything going? Can you hit Watkins flying down the field uh, and some of those other wide receivers, those speedsters that they have? Because you're you're not just going to be able to line up and, and punch these guys in the face. And I thought Clemson's speed, look, Clemson's defense is still playing lights out. Like the offense has really struggled, but as uh, I've, I was talking with Tim Beret about some of this stuff, and he, he reminded me is you, you have to take into account both units. You can't just talk about one unit. You have to talk about the other one. And I was really impressed with Clemson's defense against Florida State. Specifically, Mac, the speed, the side-to-side, the lateral quickness from the front seven, from the linebackers and even the big guys, even the big guys on the D-line, um, just containing Jordan Travis, keeping him in front of you. Jordan Travis is a fast dude, and he has made some people look silly, and he really was not able to do anything with his legs against Clemson. So if Clemson can replicate that against Malik Cunningham, then they're going to be in good shape. Kelly, it's interesting that you bring that up. It's almost, uh, you know, somebody should do a tape on that Saturday oh. and really point out the similarities. Man, you should you should Someone even be a producer should. or a football analyst. You, you should do one of those. I'm telling you, you've got it. Well, watch the huddle. It. You'll probably see some breakdown there. That's right. Come on. <laughs> watch that huddle. All right, Mac, here's my key. I think it's um, obvious from what I alluded to earlier. Don't shoot yourself in the foot and then amputate it and then throw it out of the stadium, Okay. I think if Clemson does do that, if they are, if they do make the mistakes they did against Florida State, the pick and the two fumbles, specifically the fumble in the um, on the other side of the field that was picked up and, and taken in for a touchdown, if they do that, Malik Cunningham is special. If he's healthy enough, I think Louisville can take advantage of it, especially at home in front of a, what I hope and assume is going to be a raucous crowd in a night game. So that's where I am with Clemson at this point. I've said it before, if they lose the turnover margin, they're going to lose. Now, they lost the turnover margin to Florida State, and they found a way just because I think Florida State was completely neutralized by Clemson's defense. But if you lose the turnover margin on the road and you have some silly and just crazy turnovers, it could be a real issue. But I think if Clemson's able to take care of the ball, they should be able to win this game. And see, I'm actually I'm sticking with that theme, but going on the other side. Because Louisville's going to turn it over. That's yeah, what they do. True. Who they are, they're going to give the ball up. We talked about it last week against NC State. Only had one official turnover, but when you actually count it up, they had five. They gave NC State the ball five times. And to me, those are turnovers. And if you do that against the Tigers, you're going to get boat raced. And you're going to be the first team to get boat raced by the Tigers all year in the Power Five. So you don't want to be able to do that. So for Louisville, protect that football. Do not give it up to these guys. And then Clemson, it's all about the defense. Guess what? The key's the same every single week for Louisville. Contain Malik Cunningham. And I think these guys are going to do that. I think it's going to be very similar to the Florida State game, uh, game plan-wise. It it honestly should be copy and paste uh, because they are just that similar this year in how both of these teams are playing. All right, KG, before we get to the speed round, it is time for our Seaside Grown Fresh Picks of the Week. It is, Max. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned, sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. They're going to get you ready for game day. Their tail, start your tailgate off right 
with their Seasides Bloody Mary Mix. Each jar of their award-winning Bloody Mary Mix is packed with two pounds of the family's fresh-grown tomatoes. Mac, this stuff is great for a Bloody Mary, but let me tell you, I, I put my domestic hat on last weekend, on Sunday, and I whipped up the Seaside Game Day Chili. Oh my gosh, it was so good. The recipe, I put it on my Twitter. It's also on their website, seasidegrown.com. And I used, we had some brisket at the tailgate. Nick's dad bought, uh, cooked some brisket for us. So I put that in the chili. It was so good. It was truly, and now, look, I, have, <laughs> I haven't cooked that many great things in life. It was the best thing I've ever cooked. And the Seaside Bloody Mary mix was the perfect base because it was almost... I don't know how to describe it, but it was a little more tomatoey, obviously. But it was, it was, it just added that extra bit of flavor. I'm getting very excited talking about it because it was truly that good. Did you did you go with the spicy mix or the original? I think I have the original. It was the original. Now the spicy that would well, be interesting. Yeah, I've got. I've, I think I have to try that this weekend. Look, it's getting cold. Yes, it's, a lot, it's rainy like all the time. This is perfect chili soup mm-hmm. chowder. If you're up in Boston. Uh, this is perfect weather for that, and I, I'm definitely going to replicate this. But I'm going to use the spicy. I, I like a little Do bit it. of a little bit of heat, uh, but I also like their barbecue sauces, guys. They yes. have so many great products: the peach bourbon, the smoking blue. They're they're just so good. You can put them on wings, you put them on ribs, chicken, whatever you want to do. These things are instant flavor adders. And I'm telling you guys, go to their website, seasidegrown.com. Browse their amazing 19 true field to glass products. And when you're done and you've loaded up your cart, check out, use our code ACC15 and save 15% on your entire order. If you make that chili, I need you to tweet me at Kelly Gramlich and tell me, and tell me how amazing it was for you because, oh, it was so good, Mac. (laughs) I'm getting hungry now talking about it. Okay. Speaking of chili, speaking of picking peaches, blueberries, and tomatoes to make all these amazing products. Let's pick some college football games, Mac. Let's start. We're going to pick our big three here. Let's start with the Wake-UNC game, number nine Wake at North Carolina. Give me your pick straight up, and then if you're feeling a spread pick here or an over-under. Yeah, the most ACC thing that could happen this year is that UNC wins this game. Just because UNC, you would have ruined everything. Right. You you would have ruined the conference like Miami is really trying to. Uh, I'm very disappointed in them as well. Um, but I'm going Wake. I think Wake proves a point. I think this is going to be a shootout, so I'm taking the over. Uh, I think this is going to be a really fun game, and both these quarterbacks try to prove who the better field general is, and I think Sam Hartman's going to come out on top just because of the weapons, because of the better defense. They're just a better team. I mean, there's no way to really say it any differently. All three phases, Wake Forest is better. They are the better team. I could see North Carolina doing something crazy because that's college football and they are better at home and UNC has played better at home except for the Florida State game. I think I'm picking Wake and I think Wake plus two and a half is a really good play here. If something crazy happens, it's a, if it's a field goal game and someone wins by one or two, then you're, you're still in the money. But I think Wake is going to win this football game. All right, our next game, Mac, NC State at Florida State. NC State's a two and a half point favorite on the road. Yeah, this is going to be a little scary season for for NC State, doing something that you have only done a couple of times, something that you're not very good at, going to Florida State and coming out with a dub. But if there's a year to do it, it's this one. And I think this defense is going to really step up. 
going to replicate a lot what they did a week ago. I think Drake Thomas continues to dominate. And Devin Leary, just calm, cool, collect, and uh, casually dropping bombs all over the place, gets his wide receivers involved. He talked about that special relationship that he has with Emeka Mezzi. I think that comes to light. I think Emeka has a really big game here. I'm taking the Wolfpack. I might take the under just because I think the defense of the of NC State there is going to hold Florida State, and and they probably you know they probably score thirty or so um, if you're NC State. So I'm taking the under, taking the pack. Oh yeah, I could see thirty to seventeen or like twenty seven to twenty something like that. I don't know if Florida State scores enough for it to go over there, Max. So I agree. I think NC State wins, but this is a spooky game. It's spooky. I picked against NC State last week. I'm not going to do it this week. And having Devin Leary on, it's kind of like with Sam Hartman. After having Sam Hartman on, I was like, oh, man, this team, this team's going to go do it all. And, and that's how I feel about Devin because he was so great. Let me just tell you this, guys. For everybody listening, for all athletes listening, coaches, SIDs, fans, every single player that has come on the Gramlich and McLean show is undefeated after our interview. Oh, my gosh. We haven't lost in the game that they play immediately after talking to us. Never lost. So, just saying, smart pick. Put it all on the Wolfpack. That's that's very smart, Mac. I'm with you on that. That's 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 excellent. Okay, let's get to our final pick here. Clemson at Louisville. Clemson is a four and a half point favorite. Clemson covers for the second straight week. <laughs> Are you kidding? The Tigers, but it's going to be under. It's going to be ugly. I think defense, uh, I think a little bit of a defensive struggle. I think Louisville maybe has some success stopping the run. Uh, I think DJ maybe gives it to him once or twice, and the defense has to somehow win again. Uh, but I do think Clemson scores more than 17 for the second week in a row, which is fascinating. Uh, but they get the dub here. I hate that we've agreed on all three of these, but I, I'm with you. I think Clemson finds a way to win. And I think if you're taking Clemson, you take Clemson minus four and a half because they haven't really had a win by a field goal game this year. I know they only, um, well, <laughs> they should have won by four against Florida State, but it ended up being more. BC was six. I, I think that's what you're going to see. Georgia Tech was six. If Clemson wins, which I think they will, I think it might be six, seven, ten, something of that nature. So I'm with you on that, Mac. That over-under is just sad. Oh, my gosh. It's just sad. I, I guess take the under. <laughs> All right, let's get to our speed round, Eric McLean. Three games to hit on here. Virginia Tech at Boston College, 7.30. Tonight, ESPN2, Virginia Tech's three-point favorite. And Eric McLean is on the call. Let's go. Come on. I'm jacked up. I'm so excited to be here in Boston. Cannot wait to see Alumni Stadium absolutely rocking. It's the Red Bandana game. Oh, this game yes. is so, yeah, so important uh, to, to these guys, to Boston College. So it should be a great environment. should be a great game. Uh, really just can't wait to see it. For Boston College, still just trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do. Expect to get, uh, you know, Zay Flowers heavily involved early and often. Uh, and then Virginia Tech. I mean, Malachi Thomas has been special. Just keep feeding him the rock. Uh, two 100-yard games in a row. Uh, would not be shocked at all to see him go for three. Two teams that are fighting to become ball eligible. Both are 4-4, four and four, so it's a really big game. I think BC does play with an added you know, something because it is the red bandana game. Malachi Thomas has been playing so well. I would lean Virginia Tech here, but this is a very tough game to pick. 
I would lean Virginia Tech, yeah. Just because Malachi Thomas is balling, and I'm I'm struggling to believe in Dennis Grissel. Mac is not making a pick on that. So we'll move on here. <laughs> uh, Georgia Tech at Miami, 12.30 p.m. on ESPN3. Miami is a 10.5-point favorite. Mac, this is the beginning of Miami's quest to possibly win the Coastal and create <laughs> insane Coastal chaos. Miami has the easiest remaining schedule in the ACC per FPI. Are they going to get rolling and, and, and start moving towards the Coastal Championship against Georgia Tech, Mac? Listen, they're rolling. There's no question. This train is not slowing down. And, and I would not be shocked at all if they win out and if they win every game that's the rest on their schedule. You see how easy it is here via our great friends at FBI. Tyler Van Dimes is just playing out of his mind. This is a different team. Once he started taking snaps at quarterback and, and they you know really just opened up the playbook. Rhett Lashley has done such a great job of just letting his redshirt freshman ball out. Let him make mistakes. Let him throw it downfield. Let him you know, just feel it out. And, and, you know, he's made less and less and really just looking like this unbelievable player. So the future for Miami, very bright. Uh, Georgia Tech, you know, sadly, just more the same. These guys have such a tough schedule. Really thought that last week was going to be kind of a jumping point, uh, something that they could be propelled off of, or maybe a little bit of sinking into this hole. And I think we, we see them kind of go a little bit backwards to end this season, sadly. I think so. I think Miami, I, I would take Miami to cover here. They're just, they're playing really good football right now. All right, Mac, our last game here, number 25, Pitt at Duke, 12 noon on ACC Network, Pitt minus 21. I would take Pitt to cover. It seems that Duke, Duke just can't cover as of late against anyone. Pitt right now has a 69% chance to win the Coastal. Miami at 14%, Virginia at 14%. That's a nice, uh, those are nice odds right there, KG. I hear you. But I think that, you know, Pitt is going to dominate. I really do. I think they're going to bounce back in a big way and, uh, you know, just kind of remind everybody, okay, we're still this big dog. I know we had a slip up, but Kenny Pickett, I think, still square in the Heisman race. And if he just continues to handle business and ball out, uh, I think he's still going to be in New York. Um, So the hype is not lost on him. He had a career day, although it being a loss, really two career days in both of their losses. So certainly not on him. And uh, excited to see the Panthers continue to roll. I agree. Mac, y'all, the busiest person in college football right now is Eric McClain. So you watch him tonight. All right. Your, your time's coming. Don't worry. Oh, Basketball I know. season's I know. right here. I know. <laughs> you watch him tonight, 730, ESPN2, Virginia Tech and Boston College. I'm very excited for that game, Mac. And yeah, let's go, man. I'm really pumped to watch. Yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, big shout out to our producer, Richmond Weaver, always does a great job for us, making us sound fantastic. Uh, all those audio clips you guys see, the audiograms, all the great stuff that he does for us, really helpful uh, for us to just continue to get content for us. So go check out his podcast, Rich Take on Sports, does a great job and actually has a little project coming down the the, the wire here that you're going to want to miss out. So we'll tell you all about that once he releases it to the public. This is top secret news right now. So anyways, guys, that's it for us. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.